Good day, everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. So today is the day after almost a year and a half of pandemic restrictions, we will no longer live under the restrictions that were meant to curb the spread of the coronavirus. Governor Gretchen Whitmer is lifting most of the state's indoor and outdoor COVID restrictions today, and that's more than a week earlier than was originally planned. I don't think it's any sort of overstatement to say this is a huge, huge moment for all of us. I find myself with a really wide range of reactions and emotions to what's happening. First of all, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I'm here. I'm thankful that my family are all here. I'm thankful that you, our listeners, are here. Think of how much doubt we had a year ago about who would still be here at this point. Think about how many people we lost who won't get to enjoy this moment of return to normalcy. I think all of us can take a moment and just say, my goodness, it's huge that we survived this, those of us who did. I'm also, though, pretty excited about the idea of the restrictions falling. It's getting warm outside, and people are starting to plan events and talk about things that we could all do together that we haven't been able to discuss even in the last year. And the idea of a normal summer, of maybe a normal fall, is really, really inspiring and exciting for me. It's, it's the kind of thing that uh, you look forward to, like a holiday uh, or, or other kind of really remarkable moment in your life. But I also have to say, I'm a little bit apprehensive, too. I'm not certain that we are through the pandemic, all the way through the pandemic, that we've beaten COVID-19. The variants that still exist, the number of people who refuse to get vaccinations, the prospect of a breakthrough for those of us who have had vaccinations, in other words, a variant that figures a way around those vaccinations, all of those things really threaten this moment and certainly threaten the future that we might all have. I'm really concerned that maybe by fall, we're talking again about going back to an altered life, going back to restrictions that none of us will be happy about. And I really doubt that people will be as compliant with that as they have been in the past. I also worry that they'll discover that we need a booster for our vaccines this fall, that in order for them to keep working, we're going to have to go back and get other shots. Think of how difficult it has been to convince people to get the vaccine in the first place, let alone say you've got to go back and sign up and get in line and get another shot. So I'm not sure we're out of the woods, and that gives me a little pause in this moment. But we are here, and we are going forward. 
And there's going to be, I think, at least some period of enjoyment and relief that we got through the worst public health crisis I think any of us has ever experienced. That's where we want to begin the conversation today, with this moment, what it feels like, what we're anticipating, what we might even be fearing. But let's talk today about what's next. What are you going to go do? What do you feel comfortable doing? What do you not feel comfortable doing? And are you, like me, just a little apprehensive about the rush back to normalcy, given that COVID-19 has not been fully beaten? We want to hear from you about what your plans look like now that uh, there are not the restrictions that we've been living under since last spring. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to include you in the show that way. Call and tell us what you feel, what you're feeling right now about the end of these restrictions about this return to some semblance of normalcy. And here to talk about all of this is someone who has been covering state government throughout the pandemic and for years before that. Jonathan Osting is the Michigan politics reporter for Bridge Michigan. Jonathan, welcome back to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. Thanks for having me. So let's start with the practical here. What is actually happening today in terms of the end of these restrictions? Yeah, so uh, as you probably know, the governor had already eased a lot of restrictions in the state, but some of the things that still remained in effect until today were, for instance, 50% capacity restrictions for a lot of indoor venues that included restaurants, included uh, wedding venues, conference centers, and things of that nature. Uh, There was also a mandate that unvaccinated people continue to wear masks indoors at grocery stores, at other, other indoor locations, uh, that too has been lifted. The state is still recommending uh, that um, folks who are unvaccinated wear masks indoors, but it is no longer a requirement uh, and it is no longer something that um, the state will even attempt to enforce, (laughs) however strenuously they may have been enforcing it in the past. Hmm. So are there restrictions that that are going to be with us for much longer? Are there things that, uh, that we're going to be asked to do into the future here? Not a lot. I mean, this takes care of most of them. There are still uh, workplace safety rules in place through MIOSHA, a state regulatory agency. Uh, those, however, it sounds like are going to be scaled back pretty dramatically this week as well. Uh, it has not yet been announced, but I'm expecting some news on that front today. Um, so, for instance, you know, there are rules that employers, uh, you know, should provide masks, should require masks of workers and 
in many uh, areas of an indoor facility. Uh, I expect to see uh, some significant revisions uh, to that order as well. So, I mean, for the most part, uh, life is going to be uh, back to normal from a government restriction standpoint. Now, as you mentioned, certainly a lot of people uh, still may be apprehensive and might be taking their own safety precautions, and um, that's totally understandable. And, you know, folks can continue to wear masks in any of these settings if they choose. Hmm. Let's talk a little about the political context here. This has been a political issue since it began. The governor took very aggressive steps to try to curb the spread of the coronavirus once it was clear how, how deadly it was and how easily people could get it. Republican legislators never really took to the idea that she should be acting unilaterally the way she she did. And I, I also believe it, it, that they would have done less. They would have been less, less restrictive in the things that they would have done. Uh, let's first talk about the timing of this decision and the politics of that for the governor, who I think has, has gotten a lot of blowback from, from citizens and, of course, from other politicians about that. Is, is this about politics as much as it is about public health, the idea of moving moving these restrictions up, the lift of these restrictions up to today? Well, I think it's still a, a, a little bit about both of those things. However, clearly, you know, the, the political um, uh, weight that the governor is giving to her considerations seems to have increased considerably in the last couple of months. Um, as you mentioned, she's battled with the legislature for a very long time. Uh, however, they have, for instance, uh, applied some extra pressure by not uh, agreeing to negotiate federal relief funding and how that is doled out in the state. Now, they have come to at least a loose agreement on that to move forward and actually spend these uh, dollars that are supposed to help people during the pandemic still. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, as, as far as timing, uh, you know, Michigan now finds itself as one of the last states to lift most restrictions. So the governor um, certainly was still a little bit uh, more apprehensive than other states. I mean, even uh, California and New York, you know, heavily Democratic states uh, have lifted most of their restrictions by this point, although I believe they do still have some mask rules for unvaccinated people. Um, but the reality, uh, you know, there's a political consideration here, I think, but also just the reality from, from the governor that uh, a, a realization that people, um, uh, you know, people were not going to fo- follow these rules much longer. Once the CDC guidance came out last month, um, you know, saying that folks who were vaccinated did not need to wear masks indoors, uh, that created a whole lot of pressure for the governor to begin relaxing regulations. Uh, and then, you know, she initially tried to tie it to vaccination rates, uh, but it appears unlikely we're going to get close to meet, meeting her 70% goal uh, mm-hmm. at any time in the near future. Um, but at the same time, case rates have really plummeted. They have hospitalizations are at the lowest point since the beginning of the pandemic. Um, uh, and, you know, so that the numbers uh, certainly back up what may have been a decision made with political considerations. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. We are talking about the moment that today represents in the COVID-19 saga, the idea that most of the restrictions that we have been living under for more than a year, almost a year and a half, 
are going to go away today. So if you've got a restaurant that you've been dying to get back to, if you have a group of people who you've been dying to see in large numbers, all of a sudden there are no barriers, at least legal barriers, to doing that. Of course, we still are living with COVID-19 and We are still living with the danger of COVID-19, and so maybe you feel like me, that uh, there's a little apprehension in the idea of going full-on back to life as it was before. We want to hear about that as well. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter, put comments there, and uh, we'll work you into the conversation. Um, Jonathan, I'll come back to you in a second uh, with some more questions about politics, but I do want to get to our callers. We get a lot of folks who want to talk about this day. Let's start with Bernadette in Old Redford. Bernadette, welcome to the show. Good morning, Stephen. Hello. As you know, I listen to your show religiously. If somebody called me while you on, I'm hanging up on them. Now, I want to say I'm here to celebrate another day of living. And recently, I went to visit the newest member of our family, who is three months old. She lives in Ohio, and it was a pleasure. I almost wanted to have a neck wallet that you wear to um, conferences uh, with your identification to show that I have been vaccinated. I will continue to wear my mask indoors, but there are a lot of outdoor activities that I will enjoy without my mask. Mm, yeah. Well, Bernadette, uh, good luck with all of that. And, and I think leaning into this moment makes a lot of sense, given all of the things that we've experienced over the last year and a year and a half. And of course, I really appreciate uh, your compliments about our show. And you're one of the people that uh, not only I know is listening, but somebody that we hear from quite a bit here on Detroit Today. So so thanks very much. Let's go to Christina now in uh, Macomb Township. Christina, what's on your mind? Hi. Hi. Good morning. Uh-huh. I'm so thrilled to talk to you. Um, I guess my, my apprehension still lies in the fact that we have a whole population of children under 12 years old that are still not vaccinated. Hmm. And I really, you know, obviously people have shown that they don't care about other people throughout this pandemic. And those who claim to care so much about children, you know, don't (laughs) when it comes to being careful and and still following restrictions. So, you know, I've got a child that, you know, is going to be going back to school in the fall and a school that is a private school that they may very well, you know, have no mask restrictions in place. So Mm -hmm. that's a huge concern for me. Um, We struggled with it because of the politicization of the pandemic in, in the school and, um, you know, I'm worried. I'm worried to send her back to school in the fall if she's not vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Christina, I, I'm really glad you called and raised that issue. There are a lot of people who, because of particular circumstances, are at more at risk because of COVID-19 still. And because everyone is going to be going back to doing things the way they were before, I think it's reasonable to assume that that risk, that risk may grow. Uh, Jonathan Osting, what does the governor say about these vulnerable populations? What does the governor say about about children who still, if they're under twelve, can't even get a vaccination? Yeah, you know, I haven't heard the governor address the childhood vaccination issue specifically, but of course, uh, you know, we do know, as you mentioned, uh, most vulnerable populations are typically 
older people in terms of the health ramifications that they have. Now, children, of course, can be carriers, and in some circumstances, they can get sick. Uh, but the hope is that, uh, you know, the, the federal government continues to uh, give more authorization to these vaccine makers to start uh, applying, the, you know, using these vaccines on children. Uh, the good news is here, of course, that during summer, uh, less kids are going to be in school buildings uh, where things can spread. But uh, it's certainly a concern. I mean, we know from the last uh, real spike in Michigan that a lot of that was driven by uh, younger people. Um, you know, a lot of uh, older folks that either had the virus already or were getting vaccinated. Uh, but, you know, school athletics, uh, there were a number of outbreaks associated with those events. So um, it's certainly a concern, but it's one that, um, you know, for the time being might be a little bit reduced here in the summer, maybe something policymakers revisit in the fall. Hmm. Uh, again, Christina, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to Heather in Westland. Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Heather. Uh, I'm terrified. I have multiple sclerosis, and I'm in my late 40s, and now with the, the restrictions being lifted, I am terrified to go out and grocery shop, to go to my doctor's appointments, to do anything I need because people are not wearing a mask. And we know that not everyone is vaccinated, and it just really makes me upset that we can't at least continue wearing masks, knowing that not everybody is vaccinated and that there's people going through chemo or that have compromised immune systems that are not able to be around other people. I don't even know how to find out how effective my vaccine is with the medication I'm on that suppresses my immune system. Hmm. So it's frightening. I wish people would still wear their mask and try to be safe for people that are vulnerable. And with kids going back to school in the fall, I'm, I'm just going to have to lock myself in my house again and stay inside. So, so Heather, just like our, our previous call from Christina, you know, you're, you're raising a, a pretty big issue, which is the way in which we think about other people and the way we think about the effect that what we do has on other people, and that's been an issue throughout the pandemic. It's still an issue now, and, and it takes on this different dynamic because the truth is that they're telling us we can go back to doing things somewhat normally. We don't have to observe all the restrictions that we've, that we've been living under, uh, but that isn't true universally, and, and there are people who are, who are at risk in different in different ways. You know, I, I wonder, Heather, how helpful your physician is being or can be in, in telling you what you should do or can't do or, or how effective your vaccine is. But, but there is this bigger public question uh, about what everyone else is doing and whether it's putting, putting you at risk. Uh, uh, Jonathan Osting, before we break, I want to I talk just a little about the prospect of pulling things back if things get out of control again how how likely is the governor to try to take action given people's impatience with all of the restrictions that we lived under and then the exuberance that is going to take hold from from today forward 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's probably unlikely that we go back to any very strict regulations. You know, may that maybe there are some targeted orders in the future if we do see, uh, you know, for instance, the Delta variant uh, hit Michigan hard or something like that in the near future. Um, but, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, I, I think the governor has already come to the awareness that a lot of people are not going to be following her orders regardless. And I think that will be even harder now that she is, has lifted these restrictions completely. So. Uh, and also, you know, going back to your, your question about political considerations, the governor's going to be facing uh, re-election next year, you know, um, and she is going to want to tread lightly and not alienate uh, uh, residents, voters, but also, uh, you know, donors who might have an interest in things remaining open. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation with Jonathan Osting of Bridge, Michigan, and we will continue to hear from you. 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter, put comments on social media, and uh, we'll work you into the conversation that way. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. WDET delivers trusted news, inclusive conversations, and cultural experiences that empower the community. 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. You are listening to Detroit Today on 1019. WDEP. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. My guest is Jonathan Osting. He is a Michigan politics reporter for Bridge, Michigan. We're talking about the day today, the day that uh, COVID-19 restrictions are going away in the state of Michigan. Governor Gretchen Whitmer had said that July 1st would be the day that she would lift almost all indoor and outdoor restrictions that we've been living under for such a long time. She moved it up, and today is actually the day that those restrictions go away, which means all of the things that we've been anticipating doing together uh, or in restaurants or bars or other public places are allowable again. And uh, it it is a moment, I think, that we kind of need to stop and recognize in this long, long narrative of the pandemic that uh, we are, I think, all thankful that we're here uh, and that we survived. But of course, we're still remembering the people who didn't and maybe still fearful of what the future might hold, that uh, could the virus come back? Could the virus break through the vaccination barrier? Could the number of people who've refused to get vaccinations all of a sudden uh, become a huge population of people who who get sick with this virus uh, and send hospitalizations and death rates still higher. We want to hear from you during this conversation about how you're feeling about this moment and what you're planning to do. How likely are you to go back to life as it was before? How much are you sort of apprehensive the way I am about uh, about what the future might might look like if everybody rushes back and is as careless as some people have seemed to want to be. 
uh, with with taking precautions. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter, social media, uh, make comments there, and we'll try to work you into the show that way. Let's go back to the phones here and talk with V in Detroit. V, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, I want to say that I think Governor Whitner has done an excellent job. I think she's going with the flow. The people that are, they're not dying. They're not getting as sick as they were. I feel like if the ch- things change and it goes back up, then she will make more restrictions. I think she has been, done an excellent job. Thank you. Uh, v, I appreciate the the calls and the call and the and the comments. You know, Jonathan Osting, how much credit is she likely to get, even from Republican legislators who have been pushing for this to happen probably much sooner and would never have gone as far as she did in the first place? Does this give her uh, a win of sorts to to build on as we get closer and closer to? the 2022 election cycle when she's got to stand for re-election. Importantly for her political prospects allows her to start talking about other things. You know, she's no longer talking about lockdowns and restrictions. She's talking about huge investments that we're going to be able to make because she and the legislature are finally negotiating how to spend those federal relief dollars that I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, her, her, the polling suggests she actually got quite popular early in the pandemic. People were really uh, on board uh, during a time of crisis with the steps she took early on. Uh, but those numbers have started to fall a little bit. A Glenn Gariff uh, group poll from last month had her at 50% approval, 43% disapproval, which is still pretty good, and it's still better than she was pre-pandemic, but it's down from a high of 59 in October. So, um, you know, there's, there's signs that her popularity is waning a little bit. She, of course, um, found herself uh, in some hot water and talking about things she didn't want to talk about uh, recently, like her own travel to to Florida, Um, you know, the resignation of her health director, uh, because ostensibly they didn't see eye to eye on how strict uh, to continue um, with with COVID-19 restrictions. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, again, she's now able to go out, you know, today she's marking the uh, the end of COVID restrictions, but she's also announcing a plan to, uh, you know, boost high-paying jobs in the future. So uh, it allows her to change the narrative and start talking about good news for a change. Hmm. Again, uh, V, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to Sharon in Detroit. Sharon, welcome to the show. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Um, I just wanted to say that I am very sad about today, quite frankly, um, because I think that not only Michiganders, but all Americans are just, for the most part, they're just showing how selfish and um, individualistic they are. They've never thought about the common good. Um, I'm a person who, unfortunately, during the, the pandemic, I... Um, was diagnosed with cancer, and now I'm going through chemotherapy, and I have a lot of anxiety and fear when I go out, when I think about having to go to the pharmacist or going to the grocery store. Um, One that, you know, the way people look at me when I have a mask on um, and the way people um, get just get really close up on me in a store, and if I ask someone, hey, can you step back, 
the looks that I get, and I'm just fearful um, for my own health, my own well-being. But the fact that other people don't even stop to think, well, like, you know, maybe I could take a step back and just give somebody, you know, a little bit of space and, and think about them and be compassionate towards them. So I'm actually kind of sad, and I don't think that if death tolls go up, the governor will be able to implement any of those restrictions because, unfortunately, COVID became such a, a, a political football that the Republicans have now said, oh, if you restrict it, then you're against, you know, the people. Um, and what were people screaming and yelling for so that they could go get their hair dyed and their nails done? I'm like, that's so selfish. Mm. Um, mm. Sharon, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry, first of all, that you're going through what you're going through. But, but I'm really glad you called because I think, again, that, that perspective is really, really important that we, we should have learned a lot over the last year, year and a half about how to care for each other and how much responsibility we all have for each other. The, the, the thing about COVID-19 that, that has struck me almost the hardest is this idea that each of us had a responsibility to try to keep everyone else safe. That was what we were asked to do. And I, I don't know that we all necessarily are carrying that lesson forward, that, that point of view or that outlook about life. And, and I think the things that you're talking about really highlight the difficulty that, uh, that, we are, that we're having with that. And so uh, I, I am really sorry for what you're going through and, and for the apprehension that, that you have to feel uh, as we get, get to the point where we're going back, quote unquote, to the world as it was before. But again, I'm, I'm really glad, glad you're listening and, and, and glad you called. Thank you very much uh, for the comments. Let's go to Mary Jo in Detroit. Mary Jo, what's on your mind? Hi. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And Sharon, I feel for you, man. My, I, um, I work with the public in Detroit where the vaccination rate is, what were they saying these days? 36%. Yeah. It's pretty which low. Is, yeah. It's, it's, you know, and I worry about my neighbors and my customers, but I also have an unvaccinated son at home. So every day I go out and work with the public and then I got to go home. And by definition, he can't be vaccinated. Like, Fort Michelle and you were just talking to. This is crazy. And I know those people that aren't wearing masks. Half of them aren't vaccinated. They're lying. And I also know that Delta variant is out there. I just saw a news article go by. Somebody at a restaurant caught everyone at the table who was vaccinated caught COVID. It, it, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. This is crazy. Mary Jo, you know, <laughs> the, the, the disbelief in your voice is something that I have felt quite a bit that people are not thinking or they're not thinking clearly or they're not thinking straight about, about all of this. And it's not just putting themselves at risk. It is putting, it is putting other people uh, at risk. And that's the thing that we need to, I think, be really focused on and really understand that if we're going to go forward and not have restrictions, not, make life different, we, we all have to take on, I think, just a little bit more, not personal responsibility, but community responsibility. What are we doing that affects other people? Uh, Mary Jo, I appreciate the call and the comments. Let's go to Mel in Livonia. Mel, what's on yes, your mind? Hi, thank you for talking to me. I really appreciate everything you're saying. Uh, mm-hmm. I agree with, 
what you're saying. I agree with Sharon in the last uh, person you talked to. I'm a former teacher, and one of the things you always stress in a classroom is look out for each other. And I really believe the governor was being like a grandparent and maybe overcompensating, but better to overcompensate because nobody knew what was going on with this disease. You know, every day it was a different uh, different experience, different doctors saying different things. So overcompensating is good. And I'm real tired of people saying, well, you're violating my civil rights. My wife has, or my personal rights, my wife has a compromised immune system. And I worry every day when she goes out, she doesn't go out much. But I'm on the road all the time. I was a driver for Beaumont, and I was furloughed because of COVID. And I didn't go back to the company because of uh, my wife's immune system. But when people are out and they don't care about other people, that's not being, you know, a good citizen. And I really appreciate everybody, you know, expressing their views. And I think I know a lot my family, most of my Republicans and their Trumpies, which is a bad thing, but, um, <laughs> you know, they believe in conspiracy and all the people who think that this is a conspiracy need to get their head on straight. And uh, yeah. I really appreciate everything, you know, people saying, well, we got to look out for each other, which is my attitude as a former educator. And I really hope everybody gets their shot or at least considers the people who have compromised immune systems. Thank yeah. you very much for Mel, listening to me. Well, uh, absolutely appreciate uh, appreciate the, the call and the comments. Uh, Jonathan Osting, I wonder if you can talk just a little about the reaction to what the governor's doing now from Republican legislators and, and how that might affect some of the issues that are still on the table. We've still got a budget to get done before the end of the fiscal year. That's been hung up somewhat on this power struggle between the governor and the and the legislature about restrictions. Uh, we also have all of this money, this federal money, that is flooding into the state, just like all the other states, from the stimulus bill. And that has been caught up in the politics of COVID and, and the restrictions. I, I wonder if if this lifting of the restrictions, even though it's later than what the Republicans probably wanted, does that ease the negotiations around some of these issues so that the governor can, can get some things done that, of course, will help her uh, build the case for her reelection next year, but, but also help the state just, just function uh, a lot better than, than, than it is right now? Yeah, it does, uh, without question. I mean, uh, the, the general reaction in Lansing from the Republican legislators uh, to, to Whitmer finally easing the regulations completely is uh, great, but why did it take so long? Um, so they certainly, you know, support uh, the idea, but they've questioned why, for instance, uh, did she say she'd lift it all on July 1 and then change it? Uh, they, they argue that some of these decisions have been made arbitrarily. Um, but in any case, um, you know, interesting, a lot of your callers brought up this idea of personal responsibility. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirky and other Republicans in Lansing have been saying for several months that uh, they think, uh, you know, what we need is to encourage personal responsibility and not have restrictions. And we're going to find out now whether that approach um, is effective. Uh, certainly, we're in a, a better case now to 
to try that approach given our low case counts and, and the slow spread of the virus at this point. But uh, as far as, uh, you know, relationships in Lansing, uh, this already has had an impact. Um, the governor is back at the table with legislative leaders uh, right now um, to negotiate uh, a, what is looking to be a $6.6 billion supplemental spending bill. That's pretty much all federal dollars from uh, not only the, the Biden stimulus, but the, the last, the second stimulus that President Trump signed into law as well. Those funds have sort of been hanging out there in limbo for months because of the uh, discord in Lansing and sort of the the partisan uh, bickering that's been going on. Um, so that appears to be thawing. Uh, that said, it's a huge amount of money, so it's going to take some time to work out all of the details. Um, like I said, they're probably going to finalize that $6.6 billion spending plan uh, as soon as this week. Uh, but there's also then the regular state budget that needs to be uh, approved by the end of the fiscal year, which is the end of September. Um, that is behind schedule right now. Um, in fact, uh, the governor and lawmakers a couple of years ago agreed uh, to write a July 1 deadline into state law uh, to get that budget done early. It mm. appears they're probably not going to meet that and, in fact, are probably going to change that law to give themselves a little more time uh, to finish it. Um, there's some extra federal money still on the table, but Michigan also has uh, what they're calling a $2 billion budget surplus um, because, uh, as you probably know, you know, personal spending did rebound a lot faster than officials were anticipating, in part because of the stimulus checks that people got, uh, and in part because uh, folks were at home with a lot more time to click uh, buy now on Amazon. Uh, so, um, you know, state revenues have actually been doing pretty well and coming ahead of schedule. So there's some extra money uh, on the state ledger as well for lawmakers and the governor to negotiate. Mm. Okay. Jonathan Osting, politics reporter at Bridge, Michigan. Always great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you, Stephen. We're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we are going to meet the new president and CEO of the Skillman Foundation, a foundation that does a lot of important work here in Detroit and Southeast Michigan, Uh, Angelique Power, who was recently the president of the Field Foundation in Chicago, is now going to come lead Skillman here in Southeast Michigan. We'll meet her next. Stay tuned for more Detroit Today. 